The following contains adult language, content, and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Jerry Watkins, host of World Music Views, and you're now tuned into the Urban Caribbean Music Edition. Caribbean music is the heartbeat of the world, and the recording industry is the heartbeat of the region. In these episodes, I will take you on a journey on how Caribbean music and culture is impacting the world. Let's go! Hi, I'm Tyrus Ryan, and I'm here to tell you, this inflation thing is important. High inflation is a wicked thing. And we must abolish it like slavery. We want inflation low so we can plan and prosper. But if it drop too low, we can't grow. All the high prices that mean me harm. Hey, they can go back where they came from. No inflation monster. Child prosper. So that middle ground is what we want. Low, stable, and predictable inflation. Cause low stable and predictable inflation is to the economy like what the baseline is to reggae music. Listen up! Like low and stable inflation of the rock economy. A message by Bank of Jamaica. The featured artist this week is Sean Paul. The energetic dancehall star has 1.6 billion Pandora plays and over 1 billion YouTube streams in the last year. His latest album, Live and Living, is laced with legends as well as newcomers in the genre. She loves the dirty rock, yeah, yeah. She won't forget it non-stop, I say. Sean Paul, Sean Paul, live and living. We're live and living. <laughs> how you stay mentally? Like all the whole vibe are treated, like you know, how you stay? Well, the COVID time yeah, it's kinda rough, you know, with, with, with friends being sick and certain icons passing off and uh, home schooling, that's are probably the worst part. <laughs> Same for me. Same for me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we are pushed through. You know, the first five months I was kind of like free. Nothing, you know, I have asthma, so kind of was a listen to every news clip and watch every conspiracy I could just to kind of get a full knowledge of certain things and form a little, like a safety guard for myself, you know what I mean? I say, all right, social distance and the spray and the this and the that and the mask, you know? And go see them and start just work on the album them. So it's one, the two good things come out of all of this is the family time. I, I, I've never had a proper period of time like this, where it's like full family time, wake up, eat the breakfast with the kids, you know, the school thing. And yeah, those things are amazing. And then studio time too. Got a lot of studio time. Usually I'm on a plane for 12 hours a day or six months a year, I'm all over the place. But it's been good that way, in that respect. So why you decide to drop an album now? Because we're not out of it yet, you know. Why you dropping live? I want to see two albums going on. I got one in May dropping. You never hear about that one day. 
Yeah, man. Steve, tell me about that one. All right. Last so, week. So, so Life and Living is the first album. It's more dancehall oriented. It have traditional dancehall sound and a new sound. So, Buju Bantan, Busy Signal, Junior Gang, um, Sarani, Mavado, people like that on the album. Super wild. But then we have the new type of sound, you know, Govi, Intense, uh, Massacre, Skillet, Bang, uh, type of vibes where, uh, you know, Squash, Chiching, Ching, and a new signage from Dutty Rat, sort of bless. Big up Luga man, always been in the, in the crew. Um, Rasa Jai. So that one is a more hardcore album, and the point I'm trying to prove with it is Unity is the best community for dancer right now. Um, you know, may I try to say collaboration over clash, let's go get the cash. I've seen other subgenres come up underway like reggaeton and they 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 ain't clashing and they just Cashing, you know what I mean? Them girl on um, reggae dancehall. Yeah, yeah, and, and so it it really it really has a lot to do with also the fans too, you know what I mean? And their ability to to kind of you know support the artist them and the music itself. So the, all of their fans are really doing a great job of doing that. So uh, with that being said, I'm just trying to unify everybody's thinking uh, and be the change in a little way and just say. Yo, we could do things like this, you know what I mean? She loved the dirty rock. Out with the old, let the new dig it. Them say we crazy, we crazy, we crazy. See them run out with full clip. Cause them not ready yet, no, them not ready yet. Find up your body, girl, rocky down low. I found from a spaceship, girl. Bring more girls, come show for the king and the... Money, money, money back, money back. Watch it talk where you make out we talking facts. But live and living, right? Live and living. Yeah. You, you said recently that you don't like the violence, you don't like the yeah. man them who have bust off people head and things. But mm. you have some bust off head man on this album. Um, yes. Like, what was that decision in including them on your project? To try to show them a different type of light. I mean, the, the only person that really went in the album was Skilly Bang. And I said to him, say, when you start recording, we have to stop and press the button and say, DJ, you know, but I kill them off. You know, the song, may I beg you, bro. Now kill them off. See? You can't bat them up, but don't kill them off. And you still go boop on them. So <laughs> I, I tried that part. And he explained to me. I flew on the city in it. And I said, my chicken, I said, critic. Yo, that's what the fans them want from me. So we kind of tell him, say, you know what I mean? I use the opportunity to, to kind of lead by example by showing people to put together an album like this, where you can have the newer people and you can have the more established people in it. And everybody can be going hard on the album, but not at anybody in the genre. We're just going hard at each other. We're going hard at the track. We're trying to make the track, the, 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 the track better. We're trying to make the album fresher. What we do on a year-to-year -year basis, even having Skillbang and Intense on the same album right now, is something of a, of a feat, you know what I mean? And the last song, I call it Everest, because Mask and Skillbang wasn't really a word together. Neither was DeMarco, who, who hit the track. He's somebody who, who wasn't really seen eye-to-eye -eye with, with Massacre for, for years now. And when it, when it all come down to it, when, when three of them talked to me, they was really like, yo, not really, not, it's, not, it's not really a big deal. But it's kind of like the vloggers and the fans and people who know a certain little backstory kind of push those issues. So, it, you know, my problem with the clashing thing or with the violence thing it, that comes about during clashing 
is that we become complacent with the, with, with the amount of violence that, that we're speaking of, that we're hearing, that we're seeing in the streets around us. Uh, even though this music is supposed to tell us what is happening around us in the street, you know, hip-hop, dancehall, reggaeton, even zesting music in Trinidad, there comes to a point, there comes to be a point where you're embellishing and you're kind of you're um, glorifying certain things. You know what I mean? And I, I've described it like this, like you see a river, and you know, so that river, they wash with people regular, and you see a little young virgin them are going at the river, and you say, you, the river, they're going to wash away, you know? You can't, you can't be in that river and don't wash away at some point. And I'm still going there, and then I'm still expected to sing songs about it like it's a happy thing. It's not a happy thing. I've buried enough of my friends, enough, and I thought just one or two friends where I spend my money to put into them funeral to send off good because they are shot nine times or short cut. Um, them thing there is, is, is violence that's in our society. And for me to be a musician, I keep hearing it. I mean, I care even more. I go to the dance and I go back to the studio and hear head, head back bus and split. And so anyway, I'm just trying to get everybody together and, and just do a more positive album. I, I, I don't think Muska said anything such as that, neither did I. I was talking hard in the album, uh, in, in those songs, especially like in that one. But the bang bang, lyrical shots. But the bang bang, life shot dog. Life shot dog. So I be tell them again. Some say me work hard and me play hard dog. Some me never rest. Respect all other never rest. God and me lion hard, so me know me never stress. Me can't carry every test, living up and up and just more could I never less. Um, even guns are never on, I'm saying head back split, but when you listen to the song in its entirety, it's kind of showing you a different light. How can a people be so traumatized that them start to love them traumatic experiences? We are defining ourselves through the colonizers still. How can we be so blind? This angle bus for the revolution. Pablo. But the bang 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 SP Yo yo See them a run out with full clip Now it get hectic Yo it's like guns up now around But shot quick people are dip them a- You know what I mean? Which I think was that that's Multiple what I- layers Multiple layers of, of Yeah yeah okay. and, and that's the thing We, we embellish too much of the, the negative things and, and and glorify them When we should be telling the full story Like boy we're free the police right now They might come through it I, I shot my friend last night by mistake in the dark. I didn't know it was him. Um, you know, me and my baby mother can't live together, but I can't grow up my child. I have to live in the bush. Them think there's what's going on in the country, bro. And them think there is not being said in these records. We're only talking about how we win being the gangster. And it's not true. You know what I mean? And this music is supposed to be the truth. So be the truth, man. If you're going to say them things there, Set a full spectrum, you know what I mean? That's a solid, solid statement. Last night, yesterday I was driving to the country listening to Bob Marley saying, play on the R&B. And I, I, he was saying, play on Hot 100. Now my, my show is about the R&B and the Hot 100 chart. I'm like, yo, Bob, I prophesied to me right now. Yeah, yeah, see? Because he had so many layers. And I noticed that the album, I just was listening to it. I reached like track 10 or thereabout. 
And I noticed, even though you go hardcore with the skilly bangs and, and even put you the planet and go on that thing, um, this album can be on the R&B and can be on the <laughs> on Dread. Is that, yeah, is that an intentional thing to bring hardcore dancehall to the mainstream? Because that's what it sounds like to me. Well, well, that's what I've, I've always tried to do. I mean, where look, look on the history of what dancehall had done in terms of from the 90s when, you know, big up, Stitchy, he was the first one to get signed. And then, you know, different other artists started to get signed. Shabarams to me did it big. But the way he did it, he had to, you know, we love Tingaling and, and, and songs like that and Trail Alone. Um, but the songs that really crossed over on the R&B and, and got him on the radio and TV stations over there was Johnny Gill and Shabba, Maxi Priest and Shabba. Those were kind of mixed. Reason why it was mixed is because the mainstream radio in international waters was not ready for our style of thing. It, it just wasn't ready. If you look at the Caribbean satellite network that came about for a few day, a few years, CSN, and we was playing all of those videos, the Tingaling and all of that, but it didn't last for long because their palette couldn't handle it. There still was some residue left over from you know, fans that, that was like, we love that, give us back that. So that set the trend for people like me, which was doing just straight dancer. Um, Shaggy came along after Shaba and, and, and did quite well, but was with R&B again and, and mixing it with certain hip hop flavors. Uh, the, 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 where, the Gala Fly all the way from Paris, he, um, that was Shaggy's rhythm. And that was a Cypress Hill rhythm that them sampled. And he also did um, the Mr. Lover Lover upon it, and then he, he put it on the Marvin Gaye as well, and that blew up big. You know what I mean? And the only thing at that time that was reggae oriented that I was getting on the radio was Big Mountain. Ooh, baby, I love the way. That was getting on the, on the you know, the R&B charts and the top 100 charts and things. And it took a while for, you know, it took till 1997, 98 for, the dancehall music with Beanman and you know Bunty Killer and people like myself doing little records that was kind of breaking off Tantometa and Devante. You know what I mean? It took all that time. Look from 1990 to 1998, almost 10 years for it to for it to be there. And then I was in the right place at the right time. I was doing hardcore dancehall music with with instead of going um, hardcore in terms of um, that can't play upon the radio and just be streets alone. I wasn't doing that, no. I wanted my songs to be played on the radio. So from that time, I was always conscious of trying to get on any radio and trying to do authentic dancehall, as in the rhythm production on the beat. So then give me the light up, get busy, uh, deport them songs like deport them and Hot Girl Today featuring Vegas and uh, you know, ultimately then temperature after that and doing songs with Beyonce and Blue Cancel and Keisha Cole and all of that was just a straight hardcore dancehall song because the world was not ready for it. After about 2010, it started being dancehall is what the world is, I mean, dance music is what the world is ready for. And I find myself having to do what Shabba and Shaggy was doing back in then, like, then for mix this song now because if I don't do that, I'm going to lose all of that pop audience that I, that I just garnered, right? Um, and, 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 and so I, think, I thought that the next step was to infuse it with the pop that was going on and infuse it with the dance music that was going on. And I did that for a few years. An album called Tamahawk Technique is 
a cut and clear from, from what, what dancehall was usually presented as. I was like, that's why I call it Tamar technique. I'm like, I want to chop off made on this one and show people a, a different style and show people, you know, a different part of production that we can do in dancehall. And I took it to that level. Songs like um, Got to Love You and songs like, you know, She Doesn't Mind came from that, which was very poppy sounding dancehall oriented uh, uh, things. Chance, my baby, she Coming to a time where I seen the B-Bot them do it and Brianna and Drake and French Montana, Sway Lee, uh, what name, uh, Reddit Boy, uh, Ed Sheeran, like mm -hmm. all of those things, you know, and even you now myself, people start coming back, Enrique Iglesias, Enter the Zona, people like Sia, come check me and, and, and want the dance our flavor, you know, um, what's your name, uh, what's name again, Anne-Marie and Clean Bandit, so, so, that time gone, and that was about three years ago, where I did work with Dua Leap and all of that, and I'm mixing the sound to stay in their earshot. And right about now, I think they're ready for some, I just feel set. People are ready for some hardcore dance all again. And, and I want to do it on the level where, as you say, you know, give me the light, it was a hardcore song. I was talking about weed and girls, and which one may I got take with tonight. But it was presented in a way where you can listen to it. I learned a, a thing from a song that I loved as a kid and didn't know what it meant. The song said, Oh, what a night, late December back in 63. What a very special night for me. What a lady, what a night. You never know what it means as a kid. But he's talking about losing his virginity that night. Yeah. So when I grew up, I was like, yo, that... I want I, I want to write songs like that. They can play on the radio. They're very sweet. They're, they're people love them. But it have a hardcore connotation to it. And it's not till the kid will grow up. So I, I find myself feeling like okay, good. I don't feel like I'm influencing kids in that respect. Um, so all my songs are geared towards that. You know what I mean? I mean, I learned the next lesson when I put out "Give It Up to Me" on a big prominent radio station out here in Jamaica. I said. We can't play that till after nine. It's too suggestive. And I said, what do you mean? Suggestive? Like, what do you mean? They said, give it up to me. What is it? I'm like, my love. You know, give, give, her, give, give her love up to me. It could be that. But they said it was too suggestive. So, I, I, you know, I dig deep and I try to write songs where it's like, they can play on radio. They can play in kids' playlists, even though they're talking some hardcore material. It sounds sweet. And they won't know what I'm talking about till, till later on, you know? Speaking about the radio, streaming is now almost fully integrated in the Caribbean. All this Pandora not here and iHeart yes. and some other little small one. But everybody's here now. Spotify's here. Apple's here. You were the top man on, on Spotify for the, for the genre, for the Caribbean last year with yeah. 600 and odd million streams. Do you yeah. think it's a good thing now for artists, um, for the fans to be able to access the music? And what's the benefits and what's the drawback? Yeah, I've been I've been um, kind of throwing words at, at 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 the whole industry with that one because people say you know streaming and they a lot of people have told me even people in my own industry in own reggae or dancehall genre have said to me dancehall dead the you them not do it like it used to and them not spit like them used to, and the rhythm them different and dancehall dead and there's no numbers there. It not sell. And I'm like, bro, it not sell because, first of all, it's part of our culture that sound systems and DJs like that get 
songs and fling it out there. Now, back in the day when there's no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter, MySpace, TikTok, all of those things that help you promote your product, um, I would be like, I, I, I was like, yo, Soundman is the one that's going to help me get out there. So that's great. We come to a time now where all these innovations and technical, uh, little, you know, technical techn technology kind of developed to a point where all the social media is around, and so we still doing the sound system thing as well. So um, I used to say to also about Spotify, it wasn't here till just recently. I mean, if given the chance, we would probably have some more decent numbers. You know what I mean? So. For me, I, I, I like that fact, but I also know that, you know, many Jamaican people still rely, they're living in certain parts, rural parts, and listening to the radio. You know what I mean? They're not really on Wi-Fi, to, so to speak, or to run up a phone bill, downloading a song with bad service in the way, you know, you're in the hills are that kind of difficult. So. Our numbers are still not going to be the best that they could be, but at least we're going to be given a chance to stream and, and, and do those things. So th those are good things, but it probably won't be an efficient way of kind of putting that our works. numbers in. Yeah, because as I said, not everybody's digital, you know what I mean? What World Music Views does, because I totally agree with you, we... We see that YouTube is the way that Caribbean music is being consumed. And, and you're the only person other than Rihanna to make that YouTube top 100 list. That's, that's like an authentic way that people access the music for free and they stream it over and over. Every barbershop you go to, they have a TV. Every hairdresser have a TV yeah. playing what's hot. And, and I, I curate that world music views every week. So I totally agree with you. But... There is a thing that last week I interviewed, well, I had an interview with Leela Ike, and she was saying she don't make a lot of money from her streams because of the, the record deal. So I explained to her that it's because you don't own the masters, because the master owner, mm -hmm. that's the person that, that has the, the right to the music. Yeah, more to the music, yeah. Do you own your masters and do you encourage more artists to own the masters so that they can get more direct money like how they get a dub plate money um, yeah. and see more money in their pocket right away? You know, I saw Supercat develop his own label uh, um, probably late 80s. And some people used to say, well, I can't just stay more away. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fling up your man to the whole business and say, I'm my label, me. And I was like, that's dope because most of the money going to come back to him. Um, you know, and so kind of looking at that example of I always want to own my own, uh, what you call it, sons. You know, a lot of us in the industry say, my music. It's not really your music until you produce it or you own it. To tell the truth, you're on a track. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it's taken years though, because it's lopsided. I mean, uh, back in the day, VP Records and Atlantic Records, they own all of my hits. You know what I mean? There was nothing else I could do at that time. I saw them as a stepping stone to where I wanted to go, VP Records. Um, because to me, they're a, distribu they're a big distribution um, link. Um, and, and I saw them as a stepping stone. And so said, so done. I mean, Atlantic heard about it from the buzz that was going on and they came in and I stepped up to that level with them. So the whole of those are owned by, by Atlantic and VP, Zane. I have, I have the right to re-record them after 15 years and I own them now. 
haven't done that yet. The 15 years has passed. Um, but but these, this latest deal that I have with Island Records is such a good relationship. I mean, in the contract itself, it states that I can put out my own records from Jamaica. I can record with Jordan and Chimney Dem, Dan Carleone, One Time Production. Wow. Anything. Wow. I, I can do that and release in the job because they understand that the genre, you have to have singles to keep up what's going on with your career. You have to be current. Um, and then I decided that I was going to put out a bag of singles, like one with Squash and one with Mavada and one with, you know, the, the, the different artists. And then I, at some point last year, Dan, I mean, I might, yeah, I have enough tune. I might as well just put out an album and done. Um, so that's why Life and Living came about. And with them, I, I own my own masters, but I lease it to them for a few years. And when you they're done with it, yeah, I get it back for ownership. Like, so to, uh, basically now they're controlling it and doing what they do. When you see it in a movie or you see it in a TV show or maybe even ads or whatever they might do with it, um, I, I'm getting a trickle of the money, but after a while, it's going to be my own back to manipulate in those respects. But it took me all those years. I've been in the year business 20, 20 years, and you would think that after, you know, the first album sells 7 million one time, boom, amazing. So I go back to Atlantic the next year, and I'm like, yo, why you guys ain't supporting me right now? I don't see no flyers, don't see no posters about my album in the streets like it used to be. This was 2005, and they were like, uh, I was like, I sold 7 million records. That means you made 30... $36 million off of me in one year. And they were like, yeah, but that was last year. <laughs> that is seriously what they wow. said to me. And they were like, this is a new year, new things. And I was like, oh, they blood. So they were like, and, and we've made up a, a policy that we're only going to develop younger artists. You have a fend for yourself. You're already a world figure now. Go, go do your thing. So I was like, damn. And so from 2005, it's been a fight for me to stay in people's earshot. That's why when 2006 come around and temperature went number one, I was very, very elated. I was very happy because that kind of spat in their face. They were, they were kind of supporting um, T.I. and those artists because he was kind of brand new on the scene back then. Where, not brand new, but he was an up-and-coming artist and they were spending money on him. Like, for instance, my brethren, Dadigan passed away, violent means, R.I.P. to Dadigan. He started Dutty Cup Crew, and I did a song called Never Gonna Be The Same, where I put his picture in the video, and I spoke about him in the lyrics. And I wanted to turn it, make it into a single, and they were like, we don't see it as a single. And I was like, why? Because about a month before that, T.I. Brethren was shot, and they did a whole thing with him and then put him on interviews about it and then send him on and then do a, a wicked top line video for him. I had to fight for the video I did for, for Never Gonna Be The Same. I actually spent a lot of my own money doing it. Um, so, so those little things, those fights that I had to go through and try, you know, just balance the game back in them time. And as I said, it took 20 years for me to come to this point. So anybody want to try have their own label, you're going to have to have money behind it. So, so to, to be able to push it, to, to deal with a publicist, to take your picture of them, to shoot your video of them. I mean, literally, oh, yeah, I've, I've shot five videos for this project already, and they had hundreds of thousands of dollars US where I've been spending. I mean, it's a lot. 
But it, it, it's still better than back in the days because I know you spent more than that on one video back in the days. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and back in the days, they were selling albums. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, like Puffy and Nas, if you look on the Puffy and Nas video, Four and on the roof, don't hit me now. However, uh, yo, when, when, when that's a million dollars. Yeah. We have music that sell. You know what I mean? Puffy right now, music got trickle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this is the point I want to, to bring together. So you drop in two albums. You you bring dance out of the mainstream because I have no doubt that this this at least reached reggae billboard already. And, and, and I can see a few of these tracks reaching the billboard out 100 chart if, if it get the push and you push it. Um, you're dropping another album simultaneously. Yeah. Like, while this one is charting. Are you bringing some of these same artists on that album? Tell us about that album, Scotch. Yeah, Scotch is, is an album now that is a more poppy approach, as I said. It has some hardcore dancehall tracks like by Jordan Chimney, the song named Scotch, that's the lead out single. I just shot a video feed as well. Um, also, songs with uh, Izzy, yeah, Izzy Beats. Um, um, my production as well, but then it have banks and ranks on there, and you know, Sia is on there. Big up to Sia. Uh, me and I had a number one song already, and I think this one is a big one as well. It's called Dynamite. There's a song that I have on the album with Gwen Stefani and Shen Sia in it. One reggae, one drop, like a lover's rock song. Um, big up to Ty Dalla Sign on the album. Damian Junior Gangmal is the only person on the two albums. Um, him and, and um, Nicky Jam appear on one song with me. That's Nicky Jam from the Reggaeton World. Tovlo, which is a single I put out last year, is on this album. Um, song called Carlin and Me and Jada Kingdom, they on the album. So, uh, Style of GT. So, it, it has 14 tracks. I think about seven of them is, is combis, and then the next seven is just singles by myself. Um, reason I'm doing it, bro, is, you know, I can't tour right now. But I do music. And touring used to take me away from the studio. What I, the two parts of the music business I love the most is being in the studio or being on the stage. Um, the traveling and all that was like hectic and took away time and even mental energy from doing the work. I would travel with my drum machine every day on the plane, beating rhythms and things. Uh, but you, 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 you don't have as much focus, you know what I mean? So where I was keeping up with the game and putting out an EP a couple of years ago, um, that was because I was taking too slow to do things and I was like, yo, I'm going to take them eight single and shoot them out. I mean, it's not an album to people. Okay, it's, a, it's an EP. <laughs> so but it was a big work too. I mean, Dua Lipa, Becky G, Ellie Golding, you know, Migos and Tory Lanez and People like, what's your name? Janie Aker was on it and we have a single song on it. So that was for me to try to keep up in the game. It was five years since I put out an album. And I was like, boy, this tour in here, take me. Take, 2017, touring with Chi Ching Ching, took him all over the globe for, for try to get people aware of his album that I was dropping. I dropped the album in two, uh, 2018 or little after that. It streamed 12 million so far which is an amazing feat for somebody like Ching. Somebody that in 2009 was just somebody who used to just, you know, spit to, to a joke on the, on the Susie phone and 
People say, yo, everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was doing poetry, so to speak, street poetry. And we encouraged him, put it in the records and hook up with Unruly them and uh, it was a great vibe. But when I did get back involved in his career, it was a time where he was frustrated. He had wanted to put out the album. I never really know how to do it or who to turn to. So me said, yo, let me put it out. Because at the time, Jordan was busy and Jordan and him was working a lot. And me said to Jordan, me and you will work on this album and put it out. And it ended up being that Ching brought more to the table and different productions from everybody else. And we just put out the album. Uh, for it to stream set 12 mil was an amazing uh, job. And so all those things was taking up my time. Now that I've had a lot of time for just sit and, and kind of reflect. I put together some projects that I'd been trying to finish or even the song with my father. It was all before, but both of us had problems at the time. My father was in hospital and passed away. And then he was having family problems as well. And we couldn't promote it. You know what I mean? We, we never got to promote it. We both had ideas about a wicked video. So I stripped that song on this album and kind of revamp it with Sasko to try to be a remix type of vibe. So there was a lot of projects like that was sitting around and the whole time and space and time that I got gave me enough uh, focus back to kind of just do two albums. And I'm like, yo, you have two albums. What am I going to do? I've talked to other artists that was like, I'm not going to put out nothing until we can tour again and support it. And I'm like, bro, you can't support it on the internet. You know what I mean? And people need music right now. I think people need music. They need forms of entertainment. The streaming has gone up in Netflix and them type of thing there. I just think that I need to put out albums and, and test the waters there as well. Uh, hopefully it will, you know, reflect great. No, I can't tour off it. And that's where I make most of the money. But other than that, you know, you, you do what you do. It, it, even if you're, if you're, you know, an athlete, you broke your foot. Sometimes you still have to shoot some hoops with your, with your broke foot. You know what I mean? It's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest stage you ever performed on? Like, how much people? I saw people um, saying that Versus was the biggest dancehall audience, but I heard somebody say that that's not true. Like, like Sean Paul clocking numbers live. So what's oh, your oh, biggest yeah. audience? Yeah. Um, <laughs> about, well, the biggest show I was ever on was the Prince's Trust. That's Prince Charles. He have a charity show every year. And it's in a big... Um, park in England and I kid you not, there's a hundred thousand people in there. So wow. that was the biggest uh, show I perform on where it's like a hundred thousand people in one place. And it's funny because you, you see the people jumping at a different pace because the sound reach way out there different. So that was an experience to see that. I've been on that show I think two times now. Um, and that was the biggest one. But of course, there's other people in you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers was there and it, it was just a good opportunity for exposure for me. Um, my biggest single shows where I performed on, on set by myself uh, could be about 40,000 people uh, in, in places like Africa, um, also Europe. I've got like over 40,000 people on them really. So, I mean, live shows in that respect, I've had a great, um, vibe for you know what I mean in, in terms of it's been a good look in the past 10 years I would say a lot of people would have said oh you know we don't hear his music in the states much anymore 
or any of his new things never pop off like that. Still been doing shows, France, Germany, Spain, London, uh, Japan, Australia, and, and a whole heap in Africa. 23 countries, I think, have been in Africa. Um, you know, part of the reason to uh, was just economics. The shows in America are getting very expensive. Yep, 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 yep. So do you, <laughs> are you going to be bringing this crew with up on the album up on tour? Like, I can just see the electrifying performances with all of them money. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Huh. Out. Out with the old, let the new begin. That's my pseudonym. I would love to. That was that was really my whole thing right before this pandemic hit last year. We were setting up to take Dutty Rock, which was, you know, as I said, Ching, Sotobles, Lugaman, Rasajai, um, and myself. And a couple other artists that were around the place. I've like a name Invasion that, that uh, we haven't really re fully recorded stuff. We have stuff recorded, but we didn't put out it. Um, also, our next you name Abba, who happens to be Tony Rebel's son. It was both of them very talented, and they were kind of, the, yeah, yeah, they were the juniors in the camp, which I, I, I would like to put out. But we was trying to book shows in places like Cayman, where I would do my big show the night, the first night, and then the second night we would have a show where it was all of us on stage together. Cause I was putting out, you know, rhythms like rope and gang gang and kalaloo and. Uh, no caption and this one and him, um, uh, Swiss cheese that we just put out the other day. So I was trying to take, you know, the crew and probably one or two others, like I uh, had recordings with different, uh, like Charlie Blacks or Conscience or on my rhythms. But then the pandemic hit and all of those talks kind of fell through, you know, we're going to do Orlando, Miami, Cayman and try to somewhere like Costa Rica as well to try push the crew itself, not just like tech ching on the road and thing. Um, and so it never happened. So I'd love if the place free up back. Tell the girl them say nothing don't change. For for to be able to take some of them artists here, you know what I mean, on the road, same way with me. Um 2016 I toured with, with Fambo. Uh 2017 I took Shensi on the road and also Ching. We went and did Europe and I think I've taken Ching on the road for the past three years, you know what I mean? Only in the last, I think 2019 was a time we didn't do as much touring with him because his album was popping off for him and he was getting single shows, which was a better situation for him uh, than just to open for me. So, um, yeah, that was the plan and I, I wish to be able to do that. You know, that would be a great thing. Over the years, me and Shaggy, Junior Gang, Bujabantan, we have conversations and it always come up in a conversation that, yo, we need to do more collabs together. We need to do more touring together. Thus, the Jamrock crews came about. Um, and, and, you know, that them kind of thing that inspired me. And we always taught that to each other, but didn't have the time to do it. And now this pandemic gave me the time to do it. So I hope when they do open up back, I can take one and two of the GDM and tour and Know, yeah. present them to my crowd in a different way. I show with Shaggy, Sean Paul, Junior Gang. <laughs> yeah. I want money for them ticket later. <laughs> I want to tell you, I think we've done shows like that, you know. We, there's a show we've done in Maya, in, in Trinidad like that. Me, yeah. Gang, and, and Shaggy. 
And that was a big show. So yeah, we should be able to take that on the road. But but also, um, you know, what inspired me back in the day was to see crews like Shocking Vibe. Shocking Vibe in concert. Where Beanie Man was definitely the head, the headliner. And we'll take Tanto Mentra and Devante and Silva Cat and certain other artists on tour. Um, also, also, Mansa Shack was a crew and, you know, uh, that type of vibe was, was a great thing to me. Alliance crew and, 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 and things like that. So I try to get to the point where I can do that for my crew and probably whoever is up on the album. Um, I get a feeling that you're creating legacies that, that just will last forever. Um, that's where you end up on. Like, that's I the vibe I'm getting. I just think most of the time, yo, when me, when me pre, um, I don't, I don't overthink um, this big picture of that's where I want to be and that's where I want to go. What I do concentrate on is to make that music sound the way I felt when I was fourteen. I'm a, and, and I sang them. Me and the Agani. Agani, man, me and the Agani. Me and the Agani. Girl, let me remedy. Me and the Agani. Me and the Agani. And the girl come wine up and me like, yeah, me like a stucky come wine. And me and I say, whoa, I'm hot, I'm beat, and can't forget that feeling. Uh, same way, I want the songs to reflect that and feel that way to people. So that's what I put most of my energy into. What comes after that, the touring, the, the, the big moves, uh, you know, the, the, the accolades and the, the awards, the trophies and things. Them thing there is not something I pre. I don't pre about them thing. I, I, I know that they must seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so to me, all of the things you follow, if you following what God has shown you in your heart is the right thing to do. And so for me, the right thing to do is to pay proper attention to the history of the music and try to never forget that root and keep it in the music, all while pushing the borders of what it is uh, to expand. Because, you know, uh, Chuck Berry rap music don't sound like Kirk Cobain rap music, a two different style of rap music, but rap music come from the same root, you know what I mean? And so all the while, that's what I'm trying to do. Whatever happens, happens, you know what I mean? If it's a Grammy, if it's a Mobile Award, if it was American Music Award, if it's a tour with a whole bunch of crazy people like, you know, the way me of the yeah, yeah. And, 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 or, and, and do big shows too with Post Malone, I mean, and Travis Scott. Is that them people that take Ching Monks for tour with, you know what I mean? And it was like, yeah, this is bad. And give him a vision of where him can go and go. And him see the discipline that I have, the amount of time I'm in the tour bus listening to rhythms and listening to um, you know, tracks that I've done and trying to perfect them. And that's the things I concentrate on more. Bridget, I can feel it. I will interview a lot of people, and this is our second interview. And again, you're my best interview. It's always it. just a job. To listen to you, I learn a lot, and I feel your spirit genuine and authentic, Bridget. Live Appreciate and living, that. and little yeah. more of Scarcha. Yeah, man. You know why I come here live and living Scarcha? That's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Big up, Sean Paul. Thank you very much. Sure, All right. Blessing. Salute, yeah. Give yeah, time man. for the support every time. All right. She love the dirty rag. Out with the old. Let the new dig it. Them say we crazy, we crazy, we crazy. See them a run out with full clip.
Cause them not ready yet, no, them not ready yet Wind up your body, girl, rocky down low Up on from a spaceship, girl Bring more girls, come show for the king and the Money, money, money back, money back Watch it talk where you make out with talking facts if you want to hear the songs mentioned or heard on this episode, go to YouTube or on your favorite streaming platform and search World Music Views Playlist to hear more.